Um, well, as I, when I came to Chicago about six years ago, one of the first things that happened to me is that I was roped in by this wonderful group of people, and it all started with little breakfast meetings downtown. I had to go downtown every time. And it is quite amazing that after so many breakfast meetings and lunches and dinners, there is a book, <laughs> because we academics think of writing a book as something that means that you are not going to go to all those breakfast meetings and lunches. So it is actually a great pleasure, and it was a great way of entering Chicago. I, I, I had never really been in this city, and I will not say that I never thought about it, but you know, it was not somehow. And one of the first things, as I became part of this group that I wanted to explore, was it was really an opportunity to explore the difference between New York, London, and Chicago. And it was a way of inserting, if you want, a new theme in this more general subject that I had been working on in the global city, which is to what extent the histories, the sort of the deep histories, the deep economic histories of a city filter through, can cut across these many different periods as have been described by Kathy at the beginning, from swamp to rust, not Rust Belt, first before Rust Belt came the steel, of course, and then Rust Belt, and then onto this phase. To what extent does that deep history of a city actually manage to negotiate all these changes and then emerge as some specialized capability, for example, in today's situation, where the city of Chicago is such a different city from what it was 30 years ago, 50 years ago? And so one of the, the things that I did was to take leading specialized corporate service industries, finance, advertising, accounting, law, look at, their, at the geography of their, sort of the, the worldwide geography of their affiliates. And in comparing London, New York, and Chicago, attempt to understand something about the specifics of Chicago. And so part of the answer to that project was that the legal services, the financial services, the accounting services, the advertising services of these firms headquartered in Chicago do in fact reflect some of that old economic history. They are more likely to be involved in things that are agro-industrial, of which there is a lot in the world, mind you. It may not be the leading sector here, but it still is in many parts of the world. And so that was to me a very interesting experiment and sort of the first way of entering Chicago. Uh, I take my city seriously and to, to sort of do the analysis that I've done for New York or London for Chicago was a very daunting thought. But this type of entry was actually a very interesting one, a very feasible one. You didn't need to know too much about the city of Chicago to do this. And one thing about Chicago that I found is that People who work on Chicago really care about Chicago, and they really are obsessed with Chicago. In New York, meetings like this would start with New York, and they would always end up somewhere in the world. In Chicago, you start with Chicago, by God, by the time the meeting ends, they are still talking about Chicago. So I was totally newcomer. Uh, I was not about to you know, get too involved immediately. So th doing that kind of study was very interesting. Now, Second point, and I think that this gets, if you want, at the heart of the matter for me. When I started working on this whole subject of the global city, when I sort of developed this, this model, this frame, uh, much, this was 15 years ago, more than 15 years ago actually, 
much of the talk was that globalization, electronic markets, etc., um, took away the importance of cities for leading economic sectors, those who could afford the new technologies, those who could and wanted to move globally, and so on. And maybe it was sort of the Dutch contrarian in me, but I then asked myself, all right, where is this global economy? And my effort really became one of bringing down the global economy, trying to find where it puts down its feet and to what extent, in fact, it may have some leaden feet, that not everything is hypermobile, not everything. And so, in some ways, I wound up with a model that, to make a long story short, that sort of specifies a variety of dynamics that produce, if you want, an irony. And the irony is that the more global a firm, the more digitized, in other words, the more hypermobile it can be, the more places it can move to and still maintain centralized control, the more it was subject, it could benefit from agglomeration. So that it was almost like putting what was a dominant proposition, a dominant belief about cities and globalization and the new information technologies, putting that proposition on its head. To say it is precisely finance that is the most globalized, the most digitized, the most mobile, that needs at some point or another a network of places where it can sort of put its complexities into the ground. It's the mixity of talents, the mixity of resources that it needs. And so in some ways those are the global cities. And there is today a network of about 40 of them. Um, and there is a growing body of evidence that documents where they fit in terms of different variables. And Chicago is certainly one of the very significant ones. Um, now, third point, and I'm almost out of my 10 minutes. Um, this brings enormous dynamism to a city, but it also brings costs. And the dynamism, you know, has many good things, but as all dynamisms do, they are also, there are also very destructive aspects to it. So yes, it re-energizes urban space in a whole variety of ways. New jobs, new buildings, new types of firms, new types of markets, new types of customers, et cetera, et cetera. But it also creates costs. All of that new uh, dynamism that implants itself in urban space will produce displacements, will uh, produce disadvantages for other kinds of sectors, for other kinds of actors, for other kinds of households. Negotiating the advantages and the disadvantages becomes a major challenge. Um, to the great satisfaction of people in Chicago, I always say that you don't want to take New York as an example. New York did not negotiate this well. I think Chicago is able to negotiate it better, though nothing is perfect in this world, of course, um, because there is still a very strong sort of civic elite. There are immigrant communities that have been brought into the picture. So there is a fairly complex, mixed, diverse civic fabric, if you want, that is handling some of this. But I will say that when I stand back, I still cannot help but see some of the negative consequences, some of the growing inequality, some of the displacements. I think we need more work to address that. 
The final point I want to make uh, comes back to when I first came to Chicago. When I arrived in 98 here, um, several of the major headquarters were leaving. And a lot of the people in Chicago were quite traumatized about, uh, about this. And probably for good reasons. They were good jobs, many of them, and, and they, they were uh, philanthropic to these corporations, so they brought a lot to the city. But there was also a sense that sort of Chicago was, was suffering economically, that this was a very, very bad sign. And, and there was talk of decline and of something. Well, in fact, we know that while unemployment is a permanent condition, it seems, in most cities of the United States, if not the world, uh, that there clearly was some very good stuff also happening in, in Chicago. And one of the, the, the sort of little empirical projects that I, that I did was to look at the specialized service firms that were still in Chicago and to see whether their business had suffered in a measurable way, something that I could measure just from the existing data, after these headquarters had either disappeared, had left, or had been merged into some other firm that had its headquarters elsewhere. And one of the interesting datums to me was that a lot of these specialized corporate service firms had revenues that were growing. And that, now this is not a total census, you know, there are always problems with these data, and that signaled something that to me is crucial to this model, which is that ultimately the economic production function, if you want, of the global city, as opposed to the political function, which is another one and which I hope that we can get to into later in this evening. The economic production function of the global city is not about headquarters. It is about a highly specialized capability to manage, to service, to design, to debug the global operations of firms and of markets. So the good measure is not the number of headquarters that you have. The good measure is the complexity, the networked quality, the level of specialization, the mixity of forms of specialized knowledge of where they're coming from, what their geographic experience has been around the world, etc. That mix of highly specialized professionals and services and the, the if you want, the, the surrounding world of culture and shops and not, but the key production function is that specialized capability. So that in terms of some of the measures that I was taking, Chicago was a very significant global city, even though its headquarters had left. And you can say the same thing about New York. New York has been losing headquarters since the 1960s. And still it remains a very significant uh, global city. So I do think that that is an important uh, point because there's a lot of confusion. It's always, the measure is always the number of, you know, the big headquarters. And for a city, it is a significant loss, no doubt. But when you're trying to talk about the issues that this book is also addressing, then that is not necessarily the best measure. So I leave you. Well, I, I should uh, state that um, if you have more that you'd like to say, you can. I'm, not, I'm going to be a moderate moderator because I find this very fascinating and I think uh, people should oh, not be so confined never, that they can't. You should never tell an academic. <laughs> I haven't learned everything. I better, you know? <laughs> I better stop. I will pass it. We can always return. Okay.